Oh, now I'm on. All right. <laughs> All right, June 27th through the 30th, Bible school. Be here, be square. So it's going to be another one that we're going to write. We're going to do this one, and it's going to be uh, on Candyland. So what did you say? Come learn the sweet truth of, I can't remember what, how you said that. Everybody applaud. Everybody applaud when she comes in the door. Everybody just do it. Yay. <laughs> so June 27th through the 30th will be Candyland, and it is Come Learn the Sweet Truth About Jesus Christ. And I thought that was really good. And then the scripture is John I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. <laughs> so we'll have some lessons. We're going to have uh, lots of cavities. I think Tabitha's actually writing this, and I think she's drumming up business for work. I'm just saying there's going to be a lot of sugar involved in this Bible school, So, and you'll be handing out business cards, I'm sure, for, for the office. So write that down. Uh, we're, they're already preparing and getting ready for that. Uh, if you have something that you'd like to do to contribute, whatever you want to do, get up with uh, James Tabitha on that one. Um, but it's going to be another good year. It's already we already got it advertised with um, the association. It's a little bit earlier than we normally do it, but we're trying to get it worked in there because other churches have already started putting their dates out there, and so we want to try to make sure that uh, ours is different. Everybody else's is using those cookie cut, and ours is different. So that's that's a good thing. Maybe we can, we can get a few more kids in here for that too. Hopefully, they're not coming for candy. That that's all I want to say. Uh, but I think that's it for right now. I think that's it. And for y'all that missed it last Sunday, Paisley got saved Sunday morning in, in Sunday school. And so we'll we'll be uh, dealing with that a little bit later. But it's been a, she's had a good week. She ain't been near as hateful this week as she had been in the past. <laughs> she told me Sunday when we got home, she said, Daddy, I think I'll sleep good tonight. And I said, I think we all will. <laughs> all right, we all know where we've been for the past couple weeks over in First Peter. So don't turn there. We're going to be over in First Samuel. Just mess with you a little bit. We're going to be in First Samuel chapter one, and it is Mother's Day, and 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 of course we got we got to preach a little bit on on mothers. And there's a lot of women in the Bible we could have preached on. There's a lot that goes on, and I actually I thought about having Clayton come up here and preach. He's he's all decked out and talking, so I thought about bringing him up here. There's a lot of women in the Bible that we could talk about. Lots of women in the Bible. And we're doing a Bible study right now on Wednesday night of, of certain women in the Bible. And it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. And it took me, it, it took a lot in me not to go back to that book uh, for this message today. Because what we're going to be preaching on is somebody we've already talked about. But we're going to celebrate and we're going to honor our mothers today. Not just here inside the church, but around the U.S., we're going to be celebrating mothers, whether we still have them with us or not. We honor them and we celebrate them. Some of the greatest memories that, that we have in our, of our childhoods, if you would just stop and reflect back on our childhoods, they typically, again, some great memories, your, your mom is probably a part of it. Something great, something, something special. Paisley can actually say one of the greatest memories that she will have is when she was saved as her mama was with her. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a huge memory to hang on to. Some of my greatest memories as a child involved my parents, my mom and my dad. And one of the things that I remember and that I cherish is how they stood on the Word. 
There's things I can recall where they busted my tail a time or two. I can recall uh, some arguments and things like that. But one thing that will always stick out in the forefront of my mind is the fact that my parents stood on the Word of God, and they kept me and my sister in church. Now, were they forceful about it? I cannot recall my parents ever dragging me to church, ever making me go. They would say, we're going to church, and we said, okay, we're going. That was the way it was, and, and I, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the, that type of parenting that they had. Um, but they lived their lives respecting and teaching the Bible, and that was my parents, but I can actually honestly say because I knew all my grandparents, and I knew all but one of my great-grandparents, my great-grandpa, which would have been my grandma Ina's, or my my Papa Dale's dad, he actually died back in 1963. But other than that, I knew all my greats. And I knew where they stood on the Word of God. And that was a blessing for me, to be able to grow up and know that my whole family on both sides tried to live a Christian life. And it trickled down from generation to generation to generation. And that says a lot about my family, and I love it. And, and today, we're going to be looking at one in particular person. And one of the things that I, I picked out um, in the Bible, again, there's lots in the Old and the New Testament that we could be picking from. But one of the things that I, I wanted to, to share with you, just a few of the women that were in the Bible was, of course, we go all the way back to the beginning. We had Eve, the mother of all things living. We have Sarah, who was hoping against hope. We had Rahab, a harlot redeemed. Ruth, loyal and lovely. Mary, blessed among women. Elizabeth, faithful and true. Lois and Eunice, which was a grandmother and mother of a preacher. And then we had Hannah, mother of grace. Hannah is where we're going to stop today. And we're going to just focus on her. And we're going to look at we're going to look at, a, at, a, at an image of grace and, and how she raised up uh, her child and how she focused on God and how she knew what God could do. So if you've got your Bibles open to 1 Samuel chapter 1, stand with me. We're going to read verse 1 through 8, and then I'll finish up the rest of it as we preach. Verse 1 says, Now there was a certain man of Ramathium, Zophium, of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah the son of Jerome, the son of Eluha, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, and Ephraim. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penana. And Penana had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was was that Elkanah offered he gave Penina, gave to Penina his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions, but unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion. For he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. And then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou, and why eatest thou not, and why is thy heart grieved? Am I not 
am not I better to thee, to thee than ten sons? And we're going to stop there. Let's pray. Lord God, this morning as uh, we do come into your house, as we worship you, uh, Lord, as we honor you, as we preach and try to bring glory to your name, Father, I pray today that we would do that. And Lord, as well, I pray that we could honor our mothers and the women here at this church and in our lives that have done such uh, a wondrous works to keep us where we are. Lord, to be role models for the young women that are around us. Lord, we thank you for them. Thank you for placing them here at Chestnutdale. And I pray, God, today, that as, uh, as we said, that we just honor them and, and thank them. We don't thank them enough uh, for where they stand, how they stand, what they stand on, and who they are. But, Lord, we just want to thank them today, honor them just a small bit here if we can. Lord, and we just pray that you would honor our time together. Lord, be with those that are sick. Lord, be with those that are recovering. As we got bugs still floating around, God, I pray that you would just be with those that are sick. Thank you for uh, bringing Rita back in here today. Lord, I know she's had a, a long couple weeks. We just thank you for being with her and, and the others as well that's been sick. Lord, we pray for Miss George's grandson, Jet, as uh, he's over at the hospital. Lord, trying to figure out what's wrong with him. But, Lord, I pray that you would bring them great answers and give them uh, understanding in the days ahead, Lord, as they try to figure out that situation. Lord, we just pray that you would continue to work in our lives. We thank you for the salvation last week. And, Lord, I pray that uh, you continue to do a great work here inside this church. I'll ask your son's name we pray. Amen. You have a seat. So, Hannah was married to Elkanah, but she had never had a child. <clears throat> we know this. We read this story a lot. And uh, I don't. it's probably preached on, probably one of the things that's preached on the most at Mother's Day is, is Hannah. And she didn't just get married and start having kids like a lot of people do. You know, a lot of marriages will start... They'll get married, a couple years down the road, they'll start having kids. Not Hannah. It didn't work that way with her. She didn't just have the kids. The Lord had closed up her womb. He tells us that twice, verse 5 and, and 6, both times it says, but the Lord had shut up her womb. So the Lord had a hand in that. The Lord did not allow her to have her child at that time. Wives without children in that day were considered not to have found favor with God. And that... That's, that's the way they thought about it back then. If they did not have children, they said, well, we've, we've made God mad, and so he's just not going to let us have children. Unfortunately, a lot of women in this day and time and a lot of uh, couples still say the same thing. Well, we've tried for 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 years, and we just can't have kids. So evidently, I have made God mad, and he's not going to allow me to have children. Or someone in my family has made God mad, and so we can't have kids. That's not the way that works. Sorry. In the Old Testament, it was one thing, but not right now. Just keep praying. Praying has babies come sometimes. We have little Clayton out of prayer. And that's what Hannah was doing. Hannah was a, a faithful woman. She was faithful to God. And so she continued to pray to God. Now, a barren womb is something I, I thought was interesting. A barren womb was considered a curse, and Hannah was looked down upon because of it. A barren womb was almost the equivalent of having leprosy back then. If you couldn't have kids, you might as well have had leprosy because it was a curse. Leprosy was considered a curse then too. It was a curse. It was, it was the equivalent. And so because of this, she, she was teased by Panana, and, and she made it really hard on her. Panana made it really hard on Hannah. She tried to make her life miserable. I don't know what she tried to do. I don't know if she's trying to drive her out of Elkanah's life or what she was trying to do, but she rubbed it in her face. I've got kids you don't. That's just the way it was. And so she was 
making her sad. She was discouraging her. That's the way she wanted to be. She wanted, she was, Hannah was emotionally drained. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you women, especially, that have wanted children for so long and it took a while to have them. You were emotionally drained. You felt like you prayed and you had nothing left. You, You was depleted of your prayer life. There was nothing left. But as Keith mentioned this morning, talking about Paisley, and you missed it. Keith talked good about you this morning. Your cup overflows. When you find out that you're pregnant, you find out that you're about to have that child, then you get from depleted to overflowing, that your cup overflows. Hannah, and we, we'll get into that, but Hannah's the same way. Hannah felt drained. She was emotionally drained because she could not have that child, and Penina was not helping none, but yet... She still went to the Lord, and she still prayed because she had faith in God. She knew God could get her through this, and at some point, he did, and then her cup overflows. She didn't give in that rejection and all that mess. Over in Psalms 124.8, it says, For help is in the name of the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. And I believe Hannah knew that. Help is in the Lord. Don't call on the doctors. Don't call on the priests. Call on the Lord. She knew where the help would come from, and so she called on that. And because of her turning to God for help, Hannah becomes an example for each one of us. Now, yes, we are on Mother's Day, and we're going to preach, and, and, and we're going to try to honor our mothers, and, and we're going to tell the mothers that, uh, that if you need to try to be a role model for all these kids, and Hannah was a role model for you ladies, well, guess what? Hannah is a role model for every single one of us, not just the ladies, because of the prayer life that she had. Men could take just as much out of this right here as the women could because of the prayer life that Hannah had. We should model our lives after her. Be like Hannah. Turn to the Lord. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, that was written way after Samuel came and gone. But I believe that, I believe Hannah understood that. I believe she would have understood that over in Philippians. Be careful for nothing but in everything in prayer and supplication. Hannah had a problem, and knowing that she couldn't solve that problem herself, she turned to the one that could solve the problem. That's what I want us to understand this morning. We know we have problems. We know that we can't solve those problems, but we need to know that we can turn to the one that can solve those problems. And that one is capitalized. That's capital O, if you're wondering what that might be. Hannah did this when she she seen that God was her only hope. She just turned to him. Now, there's three things we'll talk about this morning about Hannah. This is what I've seen through Hannah's life. Number one, the need to believe in God. The need to believe in God. Secondly, the need to sacrifice to God. And then thirdly, the need for trusting in God. That's the three things that Hannah has shown us through the Scripture. Three things that she's seen in God that we need to see in God. Believe in God, sacrifice to God, and trust in God. So the first thing she believed in was, believed in was God. Verse 9, and I'm going to keep reading some of this here. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. 
And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Hannah got up and she went to the tabernacle of the Lord. She got up and went to the tabernacle of the Lord. She could have sat at home and wallowed in her self-pity. She could have sat at home and let Penina continue to bash her. She could have sat at home and just cried, Oh, woe is me. She could have, but she didn't. The Bible says she got up and she went to the temple. She went to where she knew she could talk to God. She went to where she knew she would feel more at home, more at peace. More at peace. You know what? It's good to pray at home. It's good to sit up in your tree stand and pray. It's good to pray in your car as you're going down the road. Just don't close your eyes. It's good to pray in certain places. But, folks, it is awesome when you get to come to the house of the Lord and you get to pray. Because I don't mind praying by myself. That's okay. Me and God, we just have a conversation. That's awesome. But when I can come and I can be in the house of God with God's people and we can pray, I feel like I get further. I feel like I can catch another gear and keep on trucking because I'm with his people. I'm with you guys. So she went to this temple. The Bible says over in Psalms 122.1, it says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. That ought to be every Sunday morning that you get up and you get ready for church and you're trying to change diapers and, and chase socks and trying to figure out where the other shoe is and try to curl your hair like I have to do every single morning. You know, you're just stop. Just stop and say, it is good that I can be going to the house of the Lord. It says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad. We should be glad. We just, we, we, we get up and we rush every Sunday morning. It's getting worse, ain't it? <laughs> right now, get up and we rush around. All of us do that. We rush around. Hannah said, it is good to get to go to the house of the Lord. She said, it is good. Let's head on up to Shiloh. I'm going to talk to my God. I'm going to talk to him, and I'm going I'm to, I've thought this through. So that's the thing about Hannah that we tend to forget about. She thought this through. She was very specific in her prayer. Lord, Give me a son. How, how, what, what did we pray when we wanted kids? Lord, just give me a child. Lord, just give me a healthy child. But she was, she was specific. She thought this through. Give me a son. I'll give him back to you. And how many times have you ever prayed and said, I won't let a razor touch his head? I won't let a razor. That's, that's, that's specific right there. She knew what she wanted. Hannah was grieved in her heart. Every single year, they would go up to Shiloh with Elkanah, and, and they would worship the Lord. So and this is where Hannah would turn to God. She was glad to get to go to the house of the Lord because she knew she could go to God right there, right there. Hannah turned, the only one, turned to the only one who could resolve her situation. Now, again, twice in this chapter 1 here, verse 5 and verse 6, the Bible says that the Lord had shut up her womb. The reason she had no children is because God chose not to give her that heritage Dot, 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 yet. Yet. He had a plan. 
He's just holding on. You know, Lord's timing is perfect. We all know that. I think she knew that. That's why she kept praying the way she prayed. His timing is perfect. Psalms 127.3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Hannah knew that her creator had determined her way. She knew that he had planned out a path. She knew in her heart God had a big old plan for her. But there's still this human side, this fleshly side to her, just like any of us. Lord, when? When is it going to happen? How old am I going to be? She knew who Methuselah was, I'm sure. Am I going to be 900-some years old? How old am I going to be before I get to have this youngin'? But she, she, she knew how to look at God. She knew how to see God. So this morning I'll ask you moms this. How do you see the God you serve? Ladies, and this is, this is just for y'all. How do you see the God that you serve? And that's a, that's a very specific question. Is he the God of Scripture? Or is he the God of imagination? I hope you're all serving the God of Scripture. I hope that's the way that you see God in your lives, is the God of Scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, the God of Scripture. We can see where he created the heavens and the earth. We can see where he created the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. We see that. And we take, going past Genesis, and you go into to Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, and you can go on up into Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and you can see all the way through the Bible where God had his hand in everything that took place here on earth. So I hope you see God as a God of the, the Bible, the God of Scripture, and not imagination. If he's God of imagination, he's a fairy tale. And that's not the God we serve. He's not a fairy tale. Your answer determines your belief in God. Hannah showed us that she believed in prayer. Verse 10, again, it says, And she was in bitterness of soul, and it says, And prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. That's a prayer. When you pray and you weep as you pray, that's a prayer. We don't see it much in churches anymore, but used to. There's a lot of tear stains at the altar. There's a lot, a lot of times people come up to the altar and, and they, would, they would weep as they prayed because they were so burdened with a situation, with whatever it was. They'd get down and they'd pray and pray and pray and they would weep and weep and weep. Hannah wept as she prayed. She was that grieved. But she understood the power of prayer. and We can't forget that. We need to understand the power of prayer. We've seen firsthand what prayer can do in this church. We've seen the sick healed. We've seen miracles happen. We've seen salvation. We've seen a lot here in this church that has happened through prayer. Again, that's why I like coming to church and praying with y'all. We see what happens. Remember what prayer can do. Power of prayer. Hannah thought about what she wanted to ask God, and then she asked him. Think about what you want. Not what you need. Think about what you want. Be specific when you ask God for it. Be specific like Hannah was. She didn't demand anything. I want y'all to remember that too. She didn't demand, Lord, give me this now, and I'll do this. She didn't demand it. 
she was humble in her prayer, and she said, Lord, if you will, grant me this son, and I'll give him back to you. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Again, that's way after Hannah and after Samuel. But, but that scripture right there, that says it all for us. Ask, knock, seek. That's what we are to do. Secondly, Hannah knew the need in sacrificing to God. Verse 19 says, And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the early sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, and she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, and he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah her husband said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, tarry unto thou have weaned until thou have weaned him. Only the Lord established his words. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. Uh, verse 24 says, And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and the child, what, yeah, and the child was young. She was willing to give up the most precious thing in her life, her son. Now, this is not a Abraham and Isaac type situation here, okay? This is not Hannah taking him to an altar to be slain. This is not that type of sacrifice. And we need to remember that and not forget that. Sacrifices don't mean something has to die. Sometimes things have to die. Sometimes self has to die. You've got to sacrifice that before you can grow. But she was willing to sacrifice or give up her son, but not give up as in, give up in a bad way, give up as in give him to God and let God have him because she had made a promise to God. God, if you would grant me this son, I will give him back to you. And she was going to stand on her promise because that's what God does for us. God makes us promises and he sticks with them. We ought not do the opposite of that to God. If we make a promise to God, we need to stick with it. When she decided, but she decided if God would grant her these petitions, she would be willing to completely turn the child over to God. That's, that's, the, that's the thing that I want y'all to always remember about Hannah. She turned the child over to God. That can be tough. I mean, that can be really tough. And I've thought my whole life, well, my whole adult life with, with the girls and, and Clayton now, that I had always turned the kids over to God. I've always felt like I've turned them over to God. But until Friday when we pulled out of the DMV office and Abby got her license, and y'all laugh if you want to, but 
it really hit me hard when we pulled out of there. Have I really turned my youngins over to God? I mean, I pray for them in the morning so they go to school, protect them. When they're in school, protect them. Lord, protect them. Lord, protect them. And now, it's, it's a little bit deeper now. And she's not quite out there on her own yet, but it's still scary. And I think Friday, I, I realized some, I've got to rely on the Lord a whole lot more. I rely on him a lot, but now I've got to rely on him a whole lot more to protect her and everybody else on the road with her. <laughs> How many of our mothers today are willing to go that far in their petitions to God? How many mothers, how many fathers here today are willing to go that far in their prayer life with God to turn their children over? Your grandparents can do it too. You can turn that grandchild over. Ron, Ron Harmon. Love that man to death. He's uh, one of the choir leaders down at, at Beach Valley. I love that man to death. He prayed for his son. He prayed for his daughter. He prayed for his wife. That man prayed for his grandkids. He was like Hannah. When he prayed for his grandkids, he wept. He said some of the sweetest things as he prayed for his grandkids. You can turn your grandkids over to God, too. You can do that. It's okay. What did Pappy do when you called him, Paisley? He cried. <laughs> My dad, she calls him Pappy. She called and said, Pappy, I got saved. He cried. Because he's been praying. He's been praying for her. That's what you do. That's what grandparents do. That's what parents do. Pray for him. We learn here that God will grant what he says is right for us. And when he does, are you willing to give back to him and give him the glory? Hannah was willing to give back to him and give him the honor and the glory. We need to do the same thing with our children. We need to do the same thing whenever he, when he answers that prayer. But you know, he always answers prayers. might not be what we want, but he always answers it. We need to give him the glory for it and give back to him. I know we thank him. Or at least we should when we pray. And Hannah, but Hannah was willing to give back. She thanked him and then gave back because she said she would. She loved Samuel. And it was a type of love that only a mother can have for her child. But she was willing to sacrifice Samuel to God for his glory, for his service, and for his honor. She was willing to do that. That's, that's a mom. That's what a mom does. Hannah didn't fully understand how God would use Samuel, though, but she was willing to make the sacrifice to the Lord. I think we all give our children up to God in some way. Lord, here they are. Do with them whatever you see fit. Is that a scary thing? Yeah, because we don't know what God's going to do with them. Who knows what he's going to do with our children? Some of them, Ethan or Clayton, may be called into the ministry. We don't know. Ethan, I think Ethan's practicing already get in the ministry he he might be a next preacher clayton might be these girls and their husbands may move off and be missionaries we don't know what's going to happen and so it's it's hard for us to say god here they are we give them back to you we dedicate these back to you thank you for blessing our family with these children do with them as you see fit that's a scary thing because we don't know what god's will is for our children and he may take them from us and move them around the world. He may move them to another state. We don't know. 
But that's a sacrifice that we need to be willing to make. That was a sacrifice that God would truly understand. When Hannah gave up her son, God truly understood that sacrifice. And if you don't believe me, go read John 3, 16. Because God knew what sacrificing a son really was. Hannah saw the need in her life to sacrifice to God. Now, God does not ask you to sacrifice your child or your marriage or your job or, or your life. That's not what he's asking. He's not saying that you need to, to give it up completely. What if you were required to sacrifice your most prized possession? What is your most prized possession? You don't have to tell me, and Mike, you cannot say it's your truck or cow. What is your most prized possession? And just think about it. It's locked in now. Are you willing to give it up to God? Are you willing to sacrifice it and give it to God? Would you or could you do it? Matthew 10, 37 says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He that taketh his, not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Third thing, the need for trusting God. This is the last thing. This is what Hannah's saying, the need. And I think we've all at some point here in the past few years have found the need in trusting God. We need him. Bad. Verse 24 says, And when he had weaned him, when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought, it, brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord that hath given me my petition, which I ask of him, therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And she worshipped the Lord there. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. God demands that we trust him in all things. All things. Everything. Every aspect of your life, God says you've got to trust me. I Trust me with the little things. Trust me with the big things. But you've got to trust me. Hannah was willing to trust God with her life, with, with her problems, with her prayers. She was willing to trust God with her son. But she was willing to trust God. We need to be willing to trust God just like she did. Whatever the situation is, just trust God. She understood who it was that she was depending on. She had trusted in the Lord to redeem her. She trusted and she prayed. She trusts in the Lord to hear her petitions. Whenever we pray, we need to trust that the Lord is going to hear our prayers. We know he does. Even when we're sitting here on Sunday morning, all of us are, are here and we're praying, God hears them all. And trust that he hears them and that he will, he will do something with them in his timing, within his will. She trusted the Lord to take care of her most prized possession, most precious thing that she had on this earth. She trusted the Lord to take care of her son. When you youngins move off for college, I've heard a lot of parents talk about this. 
move off for college. They pray in the parking lot. Lord, protect them. Keep them safe as they're away from home. There's a song I absolutely love. It's a, I think I played it here a time or two, at least once, for Father's Day, and it's called Father's Table, Father's Table Grace. It's by Lester Flat, And I love that because he's praying. This father is praying for his son as he goes on about his adult life. But he trusted God to take care of his son. Do you trust God enough to take care of your children? Do you trust God enough to take care of your grandchildren? Your nieces, your nephews, the children inside this church, whether they're yours or not, do you trust God enough to take care of the children inside this church? What do you will and trust God with today? Your problems? You will and trust Him with your prayers? You will and trust Him with your child, children? I hope so. A godly mother will have a huge influence on the child. I believe a lot of y'all can amen me a time or two on that one. A godly mother will have a huge influence on the child. But godly women will have a huge influence on the children inside the church. And I can stand up here right now and say thank y'all for that. Because y'all are best of the best when it comes to godly women. And I appreciate that. When I look around here and I see Sage and I see Kylie, yep, I'm talking about you. <laughs> I see all these other little girls here. I'm thankful that they have the opportunity to worship Amen. inside this church with godly women. Because there's a lot of churches that ain't got that. They got women, but they ain't got godly women. And so it's an honor for us to have these women inside these, these walls for these young ladies to look up to. And I thank you for that. Proverbs 31.30, love this verse, says, Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. She shall be praised. This is true when Solomon wrote it. And it's true today. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. That's today. That's why we honor our mothers, especially inside the church. We honor our mothers today. The God-fearing mothers. We should praise them. We should praise them. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Just, just a moment. Just for a moment. I want you to think about, just think about this for a moment. To all those that have come to Jesus for salvation, I encourage you to, to start there today and remember that time that you were saved. And I want you to remember to trust in the Lord. That's just your friendly reminder from the preacher. Trust in the Lord. You've got Jesus, so trust in the Lord. For you moms that are here this morning, if you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to become an example this Mother's Day for your children, for their sake, so that they have someone to imitate by trusting in Him. And for you children that are here this morning,
what better Mother's Day gift than for her to know that you have chosen to follow Jesus? What a gift to follow Jesus. Lord God, this morning as we just stop and take this moment, this day that's set aside for our mothers, Lord, I pray that we do that today. We honor them for who they are, for where they stand. But God, I pray that we not take away from you today because today and every day is about you. Today we worship you. We praise you. God, I pray that we honor you today. We thank you today as we have these women in our church, Lord, these godly women in our church. We thank you for placing them here, for allowing them to be a huge part of not just the children's lives here, but of our lives. Lord, you have blessed us greatly with some of the greatest women probably here in Avery County. We thank you for that. And I pray that we not forget it. We not forget them. And Lord, that we be a help to them whenever they need it. And Lord, we just want to, again, thank you today for the sacrifice on the cross. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, on Mother's Day, it's hard to not think about Mary as she was there at the foot of the cross as she watched her son die. The pain that she had to go through. Lord, we just want to thank you for that sacrifice. Father, for all that you've done for each one of us. And I pray today, Lord, again, as if there be one that's lost and undone, one bound for hell right now, Lord, I pray today would be the day of salvation for them. For those of us that have been saved, Lord, I just want to thank you for our salvation. And Lord, today as we leave this place, keep us safe, keep us healthy, and bring us back here at the next appointed time. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we, we've got a little a little gift for all the women here at the church as just a little just a little appreciation gift uh, for y'all. We have been studying on Wednesday nights um, a book that I can never recall the name of, 12 Extraordinary Women. <sighs> 13th times a charm. Um, it has been an amazing study. If, if you can be here with us on Wednesday nights, please come be with us. But the church has got uh, that book for all the women of the church to have and to keep. If you can't be here on Wednesday night, read it sometime. I mean, really read it. it is, it's been amazing. We're in uh, Anna right now. Yes, Anna, <laughs> right now. And it, it, it's, just, it's just been something else. And so take, take the book and, uh, and re- read it and study on it a little bit. Maybe it'll be some, a help to y'all. Uh, it's been a help to us. I know Conley gets excited every Wednesday night about it. He's, he's about to jump pews, I'm pretty sure. But it's been, it's been a really good study. And uh, if you ladies will, if you just don't mind to get up and come up here for just a second. All of you come on up here. Carolyn, lead the way. Except for Rita. And Ethan. Ethan, you can't come up here either. (laughs) Kylie can come up here if she wants to. Come on up here. Sage, you can come up here too. Ariel, get up here. There's a reason. Abby, Cindy. Come on, Paisley. Man, when you get all the ladies up here, there ain't nobody left in church.
good-looking group we have here. And, I, and I, like I said, I, I appreciate each and every one of these ladies so much. Um, well, <laughs> before Clayton, you know, I could actually say, you know, having been a, a dad of two daughters, you, you really want godly women in your daughter's lives. And I'm so thankful that we have this group here at the church for not just my daughters, but for the other the girls here too and the young ladies here too. Uh, I'm so thankful for y'all. I really am. And I appreciate y'all so much and uh, and your cooking and your prayers and your cooking and your prayers. And, uh, you know, a mother's prayer is something sweet. It's something great. And to have these moms up here, these women up here that pray for us and uh, I'll, I'll get these random text messages or random message on Facebook every now and then, and it'll just be something simple. It says, praying for you today. And it usually comes from somebody standing up here. And I appreciate that. I'm not going to call names out. But I appreciate that more than y'all ever know. And my family, too. So you ladies, uh, I won't give you a bag now, but as you leave here, you can get a bag. And I'm going to ask the men if they want to. We're going to start down there at Cindy, and we're going to wrap around here. We're just going to close out. We're going to dismiss with a handshake and a hug and just thank them for who they are and for uh, what they stand on. But we're going to thank them and then we'll head out. So, Okay. Oh, which one? You, Paisley? Okay. All right, Paisley, go ahead and, and you can break and run out there if you want to. Drop the tailgate. <laughs> All right, guys, come on up here and you can start over here on Cindy's side and and make your way around, shake, shake hands, hug them, whatever you want to do, and then you're dismissed from there. <laughs>